A lot of things that we love to be a part of this time of year, isn't there? There's so many things to get involved with. Some of our folks got together here and decorated our building. It looks great. A lot of you have decorated your homes. You've stuck lights up on the outside. You've put trees up on the inside and lights and garland and all kinds of things all over your home. And tomorrow, and maybe some of you will open some gifts tonight, but tomorrow we'll open presents. We're going to spend time with family and friends, listen to Christmas music. A lot of you, I know over at the Parsonage, Bethany's been baking all kinds of things, and it's been smelling like Christmas for the last two or three days. And it's just a a great time of year. It's a great season. Last night even, I was finishing up some Christmas shopping with Larry and Benson, we're just shopping and and today gift wrapping and just all kinds of things that we do. But out of all of those things, and maybe a little bit more, out of those things, what's your favorite? What do you like about Christmas? What's your favorite thing about Christmas? I asked Julie Olson that question on Sunday morning, and I said, what's your favorite thing about Christmas? And she thought for about five seconds and said, Jesus was born. And that's the right answer, isn't it? For Christians, when, when you ask, hey, what's your favorite thing about Christmas? It's automatically Jesus. We think of Jesus, and that's the right answer. And Jesus did come. He is more than all of those things that I previously mentioned. He's more than the lights. He's more than the tree. He's more than all of that. God actually became flesh And he dwelt among us. God came from heaven to earth to dwell among us. And although we know that Jesus is the right answer to what's your favorite thing about Christmas, although we know that's the right answer, is it your favorite thing about Christmas? Are you enamored by the fact that that Jesus Christ came into the world to save us from our sins? Is that what enamors you at this time of year? Is that what you're thinking about? So tonight, briefly, briefly, I won't keep you long. But tonight I just want to talk a little bit through Luke chapter 2, where we see the shepherds in Luke 2. We, we see something incredible that they've experienced, something out of the ordinary, something that doesn't happen to us nowadays. And what they experienced this first Christmas, frankly, though, is what I want all of us to experience. But what they experienced was this, the glory of the Lord. They experienced the glory of the Lord. They were enamored. As a result of this first Christmas, they were enamored by the glory of the Lord. So to get a little bit of the background, the well-known background that we all know of Luke chapter 2, Mary and Joseph, they have to go back to Bethlehem, right? They have to go back, and there's this census that the, the, the emperor of Rome has said that needs to happen. So since they're in the Roman Empire at that time, they have to go back to Bethlehem, which was the land of their father. So they went back to Bethlehem in order for the census to be taken so they could register and get the census done. So while they were there, as we all know, in the old little town of Bethlehem, right, that Mary gives birth. So they're in Bethlehem. Mary gives birth. And they put him in a manger. And they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and, and all of that stuff that we know so well. But I want to start reading a verse 8. Again, you can just listen. If you want to open one of the pew Bibles, or if you have a Bible, go ahead and open that. But I'm going to read in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. 
And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. A lot of you know when, when Linus does it in the Charlie Brown video, he goes, and they were sore afraid. Right? They were sore afraid. They were terrified. They were scared. They were fearful. So this first thing we see here is that the glory of the Lord brings fear. When we experience the glory of the Lord, when we see Him as He truly is, it should shock us. It should cause us to go into awe and to be terrified. And this is what happened with the shepherds. So they're out in the field, right? They're minding their own business. They're, they're doing their thing. They're making sure that their, their lambs and their sheep, that they're all taken care of and that they're all fed and that they're being protected from people trying to steal them or wolves coming in or whatever the case is. They're minding their own business and they're taking care of of these sheep. And then all of a sudden this angel shows up. And with that angel, the glory of the Lord, however it happens, the glory of the Lord starts shining around these guys. And it's just bright. All of a sudden it goes from night to day because of the glory of the Lord. And we would probably respond, would we not? I think we have to be honest. We would respond in the same exact way. We would be terrified if this happened to us. And they were probably thinking to themselves, this is the end. I mean, this is it. I'm seeing the bright light. I'm going, I'm going beyond this earth. It's all over for me. They figured that this angel probably had some kind of bad news for them. After all, these shepherds, they weren't usually known for being the good guys in the society. They weren't the guys kind of leading the charge of righteousness within the society. They, the shepherds were often known for being troublemakers. They were just normal blue-collar guys that would get into messes every now and then. But the glory of the Lord comes with that angel and terrifies the shepherds. It was bright. It was exposing. In the light of God's glory, they saw themselves for what they truly were. So the glory of God brings fear upon these shepherds. And it's the same when an unbeliever acknowledges the glory and the majesty of God. He will automatically feel himself as he is. He will feel himself as opposed to God, filled with himself filled with sin and standing in the exposing light of God's glory. But the angel says in verse 10, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all people, because today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So instead of getting bad news that they probably expected, like, you're all going to die right now, they got some good news. Hey, this Christ was born, this Savior was born. So this will be a sign to you. You're going to find the baby. He's wrapped in clothes and he's lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was a great company of the heavenly host. They appeared with the angel and they were praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So the first thing that the glory of the Lord brings is it brings fear. But secondly, the glory of the Lord as a result of Christ's coming, the glory of the Lord brings peace. What God would do through this baby boy would bring peace. It would bring God the maximum amount of glory. So in our sermon last Sunday, for a lot of you who were here for that, in our sermon last Sunday, we saw that, that Christ came to save his people from their sins. And this would do many things. But two of the main things that it would accomplish is that it would bring peace and that it would bring glory to God. So these shepherds are terrified. The angel tells them, hey, don't be afraid. Go look. Go, go and see. Go and see why we're telling you this good news. There's a baby, and he's born in Bethlehem. And then all of a sudden, all those, the heavenly hosts come. There's this 
whole crowd of angels in heaven all of a sudden, and they start singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to whom his favor rests. So the glory of God brings fear upon these shepherds. The glory of God brings peace to them. And thirdly, the glory of God brings change to these shepherds. And that's, that's the point for us. When we stand in the light of the glory of God, the end goal, the end result should be our change. And the shepherds changed on this night. Verse 15 says this, When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. But listen to the response of the shepherds. These normal guys, these, these sometimes troublemakers, these guys who acted up in society a whole bunch. Listen to how they respond to this. When they had seen him, when they had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds, what they said to them. Verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So upon seeing these shepherds, they start spread, or as a result of the shepherds seeing Jesus, they start spreading the news that Jesus has come. They reiterate what the angels had told them. A Savior has been born in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. And they're running all over the place and telling people about Jesus. These guys must have looked crazy. I mean, can you imagine someone coming up to you and saying, Hey, I saw a bunch of angels, and they, they told me something about this guy who was born over in the next town over. And so I'm, gonna, I'm telling you about this kid. And you'd be like, That's strange. Why, why are you telling me about this little boy? I mean, this baby's born all the time. But this was the Savior. They didn't care if they looked a little strange or loopy. They didn't care because the Savior had been born. They had seen the glory of the Lord. They had seen the one who would bring them peace. And they were beginning to change as a result of beholding the glory of God. So they spread the word about this baby. But then the second thing that they did was that they returned home. They returned to their fields with their sheep. Responding to the birth of the Savior in the same way that the angels responded. They glorified God and they praised Him for all that they had seen and heard. That's the goal. As a result of the glory of God, it's life changing. When we behold God as who He truly is and majestic and holy and righteous and true and all of that, when we stand in light of all that, we see ourselves exposed. We see ourselves as who we truly are, sinners in need for somebody to come to earth to live a perfect life in order to save us from our sins. That night, these shepherds were changed. That night, they looked at a little baby boy in a manger, and he would be their savior. They were enamored with the glory of the Lord. They were enamored with this child who had come to save them from their sins. So what's going to enamor you this Christmas? What's going to draw your gaze? What's going to be the highlight? What's going to be that thing that you look back and say, this Christmas was filled with this? Will it be the glory of the Lord? Will it be a new recognition of what He has done for you? Will it be a fresh, new, brand new revelation of the glory of the Lord and that He is your new Savior? But don't get me wrong. I I love gifts. I love spending time with my family. I love the great food. I'm going to do all of that just like you are. But it is all meaningless without Jesus. 
Many of us will open gifts and it will fill a temporary hole. It'll kind of fill it real quick and then it's going to be empty within another month. It's, it's not going to satisfy us long term. It may be the thing that we always wanted. It may be those golf clubs. Frankly, I'm anticipating getting some golf clubs. It may be those golf clubs. It may be a set of skis. It may be, for you fans of the movie A Christmas Story, an official Red Rider carbine action 200-shot range model air rifle. It may be any of those things. But whatever it is, those gifts will only bring a temporary happiness. You may be enamored with a gift for a few hours, a few weeks, but it will not bring everlasting joy and happiness. The gift that was given by God to this world was the Son of God. It was the second person of the Trinity. It was God in the flesh. The acceptance of this gift will bring everlasting joy. It will fill that hole in your heart. It will fill that need. So toys lose their fascination, but Jesus never does. The more we gaze upon this child in the manger who grows to become a man, who dies on the cross, and who comes back to life, the more we gaze upon him, the more glorious he becomes, the more enamored we become by his glory. So those shepherds, they were, they were just minding their own business on that night, on that first Christmas, minding their own business, doing their daily work, but they were exposed to the glory of God, and they ended that night enamored by him. I pray that this Christmas season we, be, we all will be more and more enamored by what he has come to do by the glory of this God who became flesh. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this work. I thank you for sending your son to this earth to die in our place. We would... Christmas means nothing without Jesus. Father, I pray that you'll open eyes to this fact. Lord, I pray that believers here, who have been believers a long time, will have a fresh sense and a fresh revelation of your glory. And Lord, I pray that those who have not accepted your Son will receive him this Christmas. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.